everyone. This is another episode of the Launch Podcast. This is Kayla Hogreef, Academic Advisor on the Hartford Campus for the School of Business. And in this episode, we are interviewing Alana Adams, who is the Director of Academic Advising for the School of Business Undergraduate Program. And we are talking to Alana about the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Personality Inventory. Essentially, what that is is a self-report questionnaire that helps people understand their psychological preferences and how they perceive the world around them and make different decisions. So it's normally called the MBTI, just to shorten that whole long name, and it's based on a theory that was put forth by a psychiatrist and researcher named Carl Jung. Um, You might hear different people at different times talk about being introverted or being extroverted or being analytical or being um, judgmental in certain ways. And so those are all kind of phrases that the MBTI uses, and it measures people on um, different dichotomies in terms of their personality. Um, It's a little bit complicated. You might want to, you know, spend some time researching it. It's really interesting, though. And Alana is essentially somewhat of an expert in the MBTI, so she's certified to give this assessment, and then she helps people analyze their results um, and understand how it applies to their lives. So she's a great person to listen to as she explains this. And we wanted to interview Alana about the MBTI because it's just a helpful way to get to know oneself and especially in terms of how you interact with people, how you perceive the world, and it might influence things like your career path um, or how you intake information and that sort of thing. So please take a listen. Um, Hopefully you find this interesting and helpful. Here is Alana Adams. Can you tell us your name and your position at UConn? My name is Alana Adams and I am the Director of Academic Advising here in the Office of Undergraduate Advising in the School of Business. And um, can you tell us about, we're we're interviewing you to learn more about the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator Test. So can you tell us what the heck I just said (laughs) and how it's helpful for students? Sure. So the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, which is long for MBTI, Um, is an assessment that was developed to help bring a certain theory to life. So Jung's personality type theory Mm -hmm. um, is is kind of assessed with this tool. And ideally, using it, you just learn more about your innate and natural preferences, which will help to become more self-aware and uh, a better all-around person, I believe. And you stu- you studied psychology in your undergrad, right? I did, I did. I went to UConn um, and I did a dual degree, one in finance in the School of Business and then my second in psychology, which was really something that I was very interested in. This has always been very intriguing to me. Um, so this fits right in with mm-hmm. that. Like I And so you studied Carl Jung while you were an undergrad? I did, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. cool, that's how you found out about Myers-Briggs. It, yes. So, um, well, I guess I stole the thunder from my next question, but <laughs> as someone who studied psychology, what is it about the Myers-Briggs that interests and excites you in particular? Um, there's so much that I feel like um, we're not aware of unless you're kind of presented with the mm-hmm. information. And so there's, 
there's a lot that I learned about myself um, within a personal context, professional context, after becoming MBTI certified and, and, and really diving into using the MBTI in a lot of different ways, but specifically within advising. Um, it, it, there, there are assumptions that we all make, whether we mean to or not. Um, and I think learning more about your own kind of preferences that kind of are highlighted by Young's theory help you to um, be more aware of those assumptions that you make and, and try your best to alter them. Do you mean assumptions in terms of like how, like when you see something happening or when you're sitting in class and somebody says something and you interpret it a certain way? Yes. So. Yeah. So like you kind of assume everyone is learning the same way or assume someone is hearing the words you're saying and interpreting the way interpreting them the way that you intend on them being interpreted but that isn't always the case and I think we can all think of situations where you realize after the fact that maybe it didn't get interpreted the way you mean and I think a lot of that has to do with these kind of underlying preferences so interesting yeah it's like nature versus nurture but it, it's like a combination of both it, it well so that's an interesting thing you brought up so as like a little bit of background so Jung used to be a disciple of Freud mm -hmm. so Freud was very much on like the 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 nurture side of things so mm -hmm. everything was your mother's fault yeah, right Oedipus complex, yes right it was very like based on the the nurturing side and then that's where Jung and Freud kind of went their separate ways when Jung said well there's something in our nature that is determining our personality so mm -hmm. that's Jung's theory is very much um, the the nature side of the debate you're born with these preferences whether you like it or not you you can't change them mm -hmm. um, your type isn't doesn't change over time you're you were born with a certain type um, you certainly learn how to flex into these other kind of non-preferred um, dichotomies that's kind of part of becoming a healthy adult is learning about what those non-preference items are and 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 getting better at them um, but your type doesn't change, says so, the theory. So when you say, um, like, somebody is a certain type, yeah, you're talking about, like, introverted versus extroverted. Yes. And what are the other? So there's, so there's four sets of dichotomies, um, which comes out to 16 different four-letter types. Um, so I am an INTJ. So mm -hmm. I prefer introversion, intuition, thinking, and judging. Okay. Um, the opposites are, this is going to be a good test, extroversion, sensing, feeling, and perceiving. Okay. So those are the, the two sets of the, the four dichotomies. And so you can, everyone has a natural preference for one or the other, and that ends up indicating what your four-letter type is. Okay. But you're not... You what you were just saying is like you're not hold into that it like exists on a spectrum so it's not it's actually not a spectrum because oh. um with type theory it's it's you're you're sorting people into group a and group b mm -hmm. so you have a you have a preference it's either a or b it's not like well kind of a but sometimes b it really strips it down to like, okay, your preference is A, but it doesn't mean you can't behave like a B every now and then. Yeah. But your preference, your go-to kind of knee-jerk, natural inclination is always A. Um, but that's what I also meant about becoming like an adult. Over time, you learn how to flex into those other areas that maybe you don't prefer to live in, but 
it's part of your job and you got to do it and you can be really good at it, but it is contrary to what your natural preference is. Okay. Um, other thing that's important to like always make sure, and I talk about this to a student set, let's say you kind of get your type. What you want to make sure is that you're never identifying behaviors. You don't want to try to predict someone's behavior because now you know their type or you know your type and now that's, that's like predetermined. Assumptions Correct. Right. So it's kind of getting to the fact that you have a, a preference, um, you're born with it, but it's no way to try to predict what someone's going to do or how they're going to behave. We always can behave contrary to what our personality <laughs> right. might say. but. So along those lines, how does understanding your own MBT, uh, MBTI profile and maybe knowing somebody else's like helps you in different facets? How does that help you in different facets of your life? Well, I think it's been helpful to illuminate that people have different preferences and that, you know, I, I have a strong preference for, call it intuition, where that's where it's... Um, I kind of prefer to see things in a big picture way and I oh, pay less. like getting bogged down by the details. Yes, even though I love details, mm -hmm. but the details make no sense to me until <laughs> I know what the big picture is. Um, and so just knowing how others' preferences are that can help me to adjust how I explain something to somebody. Because mm. my natural way to explain something would be to start with a big picture and then like just drop in details here and there. But to someone who prefers S or sensing, that may be really hard to put together where you may want to reverse it and start with some of the really concrete details okay. and work towards building a bigger picture. Wow. So like, like our whole office has taken this uh -huh. assessment. And so do you have those in your head of like what our types are? I don't have them in my head, but I, I have, a, I used, I used to have it on the wall, but I took it down. I have it somewhere. So like you're used to communicating with each of us. I try. Wow. I try, but it, it's not easy. It's like, it's kind of like that whole preference piece where it's like you're 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 very inclined to just act without thinking about something and then if you take some extra time to say okay if i need to if i need to achieve x like here i can take a step back and try to figure out what's the best way to get there and that may be including what people's preferences are hmm. What are some common misconceptions? Because I know that there's a lot. There's with so the many. Briggs. Yes. Um, especially like the introversion versus yeah. extroversion one. One of my like th the biggest challenges that I feel like needs to be addressed is like the introversion extroversion, like you were talking about, because that those words, unlike any of the other dichotomies, I feel like those words are so commonly used in our culture that they've kind of assumed other definitions that are outside of the MBTI use of it. But within the MBTI, it's really about where you get your energy and how you use your energy. It has nothing to do with being outgoing or shy. Like I mm, no, always yeah, get really frustrated. Yeah. When people assume, oh, you're shy, you're an introvert, or if you're an introvert, you're shy. Mm -hmm. And same thing with extrovert. It doesn't mean you're outgoing. There can be an outgoing introvert and a shy extrovert. It's really more about where you get your energy from. So someone who's in, who prefers introversion, and that's something else I try to say, try not to like label people with introvert or extrovert, but just say I prefer introversion and I prefer mm -hmm. extroversion. Cause again, it's not necessarily a definition. Mm -hmm. It's just a preference. Um, but if someone is preferring introversion, it just means that their energy is more directed inwards. 
and that's how they gain energy is by going inwards, like spending more time in that inner world um, where someone who prefers extroversion has a natural preference for the outer world and gains energy by spending time in the outer world um, and recharges that way. So would you say someone who has a preference for introversion, they would be like... Like, if they went to a big party or a concert or something, like, they would feel drained yes. after that and, like, yes. want to be as far away from people as possible. Yes. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. And as someone who strongly prefers introversion, that is exactly how I feel after a night out, which can be so much fun. So mm-hmm. it's not saying that someone's not enjoying their time out. Right, right, it right. can be a blast. But when that time is done, it's like, I need to retreat and just kind of have some quiet time. Mm-hmm. Um, where others, my husband, for <laughs> instance... He, someone who prefers extroversion after that kind of event, you want to kind of talk about it and like stay in the moment, and it's <laughs> yeah. just like it's it's it can be really hard. Um, but we like you've talked you asked about you know on a personal or professional level, but so on a personal level, this has also been helpful too because like we've talked we talk about what our natural preferences are and mm-hmm. kind of being able to say like nope, I need like quiet time <laughs> for now, and knowing it's nothing personal, it's just how how my personality is built yeah you know and it's 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 been it's helpful so um can you think of any other big misconceptions so surrounding maybe not necessarily even a misunderstanding between the types but mm-hmm. maybe how people apply it or what people think it is um the, the other one that i could say is that it, it changes over time okay. and according to the theory it does not young's theory was that you were born with these preferences um, they don't change. Like I said, maybe you're, you get used to flexing into a non-preferred dichotomy, but that doesn't change what your preference is or what, what you were born with. Um, the only explanation there can be is if you're taking the real MBTI, if, you're, if, you're, if your types are changing, it means you've answered questions differently. Okay. So when we have students take the MBTI, we always prep them with like a mindset exercise to really get them in the right mindset because that's going to determine the answers to your questions. But it's really about trying to like strip everything down, you know, not thinking about you as a son or daughter or sibling or an employee or a student or, you know, we might have different preferences in those different environments, but really trying to get to the the bottom of what you as a person naturally prefer. If you could have the world just the way you wanted it, like what would those preferences be? Mm -hmm. Because then that would get to what your, your, your true preference, according to Jung, is. And then that would only serve to just help understand and learn more about how that impacts your daily life. Right. How do you think that understanding your profile and understanding other people's profiles can be beneficial specifically for college students? Um, I think for college students, there's like, there's so much change happening um, during that period of your life. And I think, um, I know for me, a lot of it was just learning more about myself and trying to figure out you know, what major was right for me or what career path was right for me. And I think um, the more information that you can learn about yourself and what that might mean um, within a professional or personal context, I think is just super helpful uh, to just make decisions knowing that information. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I think there's, you know, relationships are obviously a very important part of anybody's life. I think that can be really helpful too, is just learning more about 
how someone's preferences might be different than yours, and that's why that's why we're not seeing eye to eye on something because we're not we're speaking two different languages right now. Um, so I think that just that awareness factor is really important. Um, so it just like self awareness, I think is just generally important for for being like a healthy human being. So I think it, it helps you become way more self aware of what maybe you weren't even thinking of. You know, it's those it's like subconsciously happening, and then hopefully MBTI helps bring some of that stuff to light, mm-hmm. and that it can become more conscious. And I think it does sound like it helps students even uh, specifically in terms of academic success because it helps you understand how you process your environment and mm-hmm. your worldview and how you intake information. You know, when you're learning a concept in a classroom, does it help you to understand the details or like yes. the greater historical right. context? Of or if if you're finding yourself exhausted all the time, is it because you prefer introversion and you're not giving yourself enough time to recharge? That's or is it, too. you know, so planning your day, if you know you're going to have a big day, you prefer introversion, give yourself time to have that recharge moment or, or vice versa. You know, I think there's even like roommate kind of, if you mm-hmm. if you and your roommate are two different preferences in that way, kind of come to an agreement about how and, you know, where things can kind of work. So what do you think a first year college student in particular could take away from this conversation about MBTI, especially in terms of like their educational path and academics? Sure, um, well, I, I hope if you're listening, you're finding this to be very interesting and that you might want to um, learn more about it. But I, I think more specifically, it might be able to really help um, the awareness factor, especially when it comes to learning style, your your preferred um, learning style, and also identifying teaching styles. And so being able to identify when those match really well and adjust, or maybe not having to adjust so much when it comes to studying um or identifying when maybe they're not matching as well as you had liked and identify ways that you can um, either, you know, flex out of your preference a little bit um, or identify other resources on campus that could help fill the holes a little bit and just help students be a little bit more aware and um, proactive Mm -hmm. in seeking out ways to uh, academically succeed instead of having kind of a more reactive um, plan where you kind of notice after the fact that things aren't going so well and making changes, but kind of really on on the front end identifying when um, it's it looks like it's going to work and when it looks like you might need a little bit extra assistance. I imagine it's healthy and encouraged to try to ch- challenge oneself to explore like the opposite. For sure. Well, and that's, you know, I think I said it before where it's like becoming a successful adult is kind of learning how to successfully flex into those non-preferred dichotomies where, you know, if you just live in your preference forever, it's not like you're, you're going to miss out on a lot of, as a person, right. right. Yeah. So I think the first step is kind of becoming aware that you even have a preference and then, yeah, challenging yourself a little bit um, to to develop in those areas. Like I'm, I've said, I'm strongly prefer introversion, but I wouldn't be able to do my job if I didn't extrovert on like an every other day basis in my job. And I just know how to then, you know, self care is very important on those days. Um, which is another thing a first year student can be aware of too. Self care is so important, even within an academic context, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to perform at your best academically is really related to how you are taking care of yourself. Um, and so knowing what that looks like 
for you specifically because it's going to look different from person to person and friend to friend um, and making those decisions for yourself on how to properly care for yourself is going to lead to um, the best academic performance that you can that you can accomplish. Great. So uh, just wrapping up here, how, how can students learn more about MBTI and how could they actually take this assessment? What is it? Maybe what does the assessment entail even? Sure. Um, it is, it's usually takes, a, I want to say about a half an hour. I think it's 144 questions. It might be less and they're all multiple choice. Um, again, they're sorting, you know, it's questions that sort your preferences. Um, the MBTI does have a cost associated with it. There, you know, it's a, it's based on a theory, which you can kind of Google and find out a whole bunch about online. Um, but the MBTI itself, the real one, is not available um, for free. But it's super exciting that we have um, here in the School of Business workshops in our um, Launch Your Leadership series that we make available to all UConn undergrad students. Um, and if you aren't already getting our launch emails, you can always opt in on our website. I'll, I'll put a link in the episode notes so students can get there. Perfect, perfect. Yep, so we try to do them um, a couple across the campuses um, every year. So that's the best way to gain access to that mm-hmm. if you're a student here at UConn. Um, and then our advisors here in the School of Business are all very prepared to kind of talk through um, how a student's type might be affecting their academics or career decisions. We're happy to kind of have those discussions. And if one was to Google the research of mm-hmm. Young, it yes. is Carl Carl Young, Young. J-U-N-G. J. U-N-G. <laughs> yes. Yep. All right. Good. Thank you so much. Alana. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So there you have it. That was Alana Adams, Director of Academic Advising, talking to Kayla about the MBTI personality test. Um, I'm Emma Bjorngard Bassane, Academic Advisor in Stanford, and I just wanted to share some of my thoughts around the MBTI. Um, one thing that stood out to me in Kayla's and Alana's conversation uh, was when Alana was talking about how knowing different preferences that people have can actually be helpful, um, you know, dealing with living with people you haven't lived with before in college and having conversations about, you know, topics that you might be disagreeing about, that it could actually be a benefit to know, like, how they process information. Um, That is definitely something I wish I had known about my roommates. I think that would have made some of our interactions um, more, I don't know, easier to process, I guess. Um, Another thing that speaks to me was how she was talking about that sometimes you just might feel uh, exhausted after having been in certain environments, say if you're an introvert. I myself have a preference towards introversion, so that definitely uh, is true for me. And it has helped me, you know, knowing my MBTI profile, you know, to just be more understanding of why I do certain things um, and not kind of beat myself up about it. Um, So with that, I hope that you read more about the MBTI um, and participate in one of our workshops on campus. (music) 